Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And we're live. I guess I could use my microphone here. Let me turn down my game. We're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. We're live. Thanks for checking out another edition of Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners, BZ, Ken, and FIFO. As you know, is on the way. I <laughs> uh, want to thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. We broadcast live right here on our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash dead end sports. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Just hit the little subscribe button there and you will be privy to all of our videos. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all the socials. Uh, we're on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, so everywhere. Wherever you think you, you can find us, we're all over the social networks. Of course, as I mentioned, this is the place where sports opinions collide. Got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, as we do each and every week. Won't be doing this alone. Got the boys here with me. First, let's bring them on. My man, Ken. Ken, what's going on? What's good? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, man. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up? Playoff business in the playoffs, baby. Oh, Lord. Detroit basketball. Sure. What y'all AC right? Uh, as of right now, yes, we're the AC. Okay, coming into tonight, y'all had to win tonight, right? No, nah, they're in. Yeah, we're in. I mean, I don't oh, know. I mean, it's at like this point, seat. we just got to figure out if we're going to be the AC or the seven okay. seed. We yeah. fighting the seven seed with, with Indiana. Yeah, everybody's uh, in. No, I, yeah, it, playoffs are going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. We 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 definitely got to um, we got to get together and catch some of these games too, man. Yeah, speaking of, make sure you guys check out Off the Bench. Uh, yes, yes. They, they had a, a brief conversation about the Eastern Conference playoffs, including some teams um, that they think could upset uh, Cleveland. Uh, so take a listen to that. And, um, and that's about it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to subscribe to them on Twitter, you know, on the podcast, on iTunes, and follow them on Twitter. But um, they're really coming together, man, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're finding their groove. Um, so definitely some uh, talented brothers out there that's talking about basketball, man. So yeah, shout out, shout out to Q and Ryan, shout out. Yeah, out. definitely, definitely, because you guys know in this show we we talk about a little bit of everything, but we, especially when it comes to the NBA, we we cover as much of it as we can. But you know, obviously we can't get to it. But those guys, Ryan and Q, they go, they delve a little bit deeper than we do into the NBA. Uh, and coming up, you know, it's going to be draft talk. Uh, they're going to have all of that covered. Uh, as well as the playoffs as well. So they'll be able to go even further than we do. And and I think they're recording pretty frequently. So they're dropping a podcast just about every week or at least once a week. I know this past week I think they dropped two. So um, if you haven't done so, make sure that you subscribe to their podcast as well. It's called Off the Bench. Follow them on Twitter as well. Um, as I mentioned at the top, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> I guess we could start at where, where, where it's going to um, – culminate. Uh, tomorrow night is big night in the association. We got uh, Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant playing in his final game of his illustrious NBA career and Kobe actually got bumped. Uh, believe it or not, Kobe 
Kobe's game was slated to be on ESPN. He got bumped over to ESPN2 because the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, will be playing for win number 73. They will be facing the Memphis Grizzlies, whom they barely beat this past Saturday night in Memphis, but this time it will be on the Warriors' home court. Uh, they're going for 73. Um, I think they've got like a 90-something percent chance of winning this game. Uh, let's start right there, man. B, what's your thoughts on, on them going for 73? What, what do you think this is going to mean if they can get it done? It was going to mean a lot. I mean, you know, they, they focus. But, you know, I always said this. And, you know, not to be like a damper. I don't, I'm sure if you're watching or listening, you know, I know you're going to hate this. But season doesn't mean anything if they don't win championship. No question. Um, don't get me wrong. 73 wins is a great accomplishment in a regular season. To go 73 and only lose freaking nine games is crazy. I mean, because when the Bulls did direct, you know, when I watched when it's the Bulls do it back in 95-96, um, I was like, man, no one's going to ever be, you know, no one's going to ever top that. But, yeah, look and look, look what's happening. You know, we have a team that's on the verge of, of really beating that record. So, but, you know, like I said, you got to win, you got to, you know, the, the, the main the main goal is to win a championship. So you win 73 games and you lose in the NBA Finals or the Western Conference Finals. This 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 season that we're witnessing don't mean nothing. If the Bulls didn't win the championship in 95-96, we wouldn't even be talking about them winning 72 games. You know, we'd be like, oh, yeah, they won it, but, you know, they lost. Just like the Patriots going undefeated mm-hmm. off the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it just we, we're not talking about that undefeated season because Patriots didn't complete the, didn't seal the deal and then win the Super Bowl. So – from this point, I, th- I do think they're gonna win. They, they're gonna win this game tomorrow, I believe, unless um, some catastrophic happens. But they're gonna win this game tomorrow. Um, like I said, at this point here, I'm like, okay, y'all won 73 games. Let's see if y'all can keep this momentum going <laughs> for another 20, probably 20 plus games, 15 to 20 plus more games, and win a championship. No. Does it feel different than when the Bulls did it? Be? Do you remember when we were watching them go for 72 wins? It's uh-huh. a little bit different than it did back then. Diff, like what you mean, like different? I don't know. It just, and maybe because I, I don't know. It just felt like you. Do you think because it was just something that was just so phenomenal that happened? Like for them to win seventy-two games was just like holy crap. Or was we in awe because, of course, this is Michael Jordan. This is like his. This is like his first. He was so dominant, man. And it's not like the Warriors are not dominant. Yeah. But that team. Stephen Curry been clowning. Stephen Curry. I mean, Stephen clowning. Clowning, dude. So it's like, dude, he's almost. If he hit eight three pointers tomorrow night, he's gonna have four hundred three pointers made. Sheesh. If he hit eight, I mean, and he's capable of hitting eight three pointers in the game. I mean, let's let's not let's not let's not act like he's not capable of doing that. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, man, if this dude, this dude, yeah, it, I don't know, Ken. I you know, it's it's. I, I think it's tight. I think it's wonderful. I love to me. I love when I see records being broken and everything. Like I, I like it. Like I was mad when the Patriots lost to to the Giants because I like you know all my dad and his friends to be like, oh yeah, seventy two Dolphins, seventy two Dolphins. So it was like I wanted to witness history in my lifetime. So you know, for, even though I never I never root for the Patriots, but that was the one time I was rooting for them because I wanted to witness history. So I think this is cool that 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 we're witnessing. You know. History, man. Well, it's supposedly about to be history. So, but the history is not complete if they don't win that championship. Straight up. So, but I don't know, Ken. I mean, I I, I feel the same. I, I mean, just about when the Bulls was doing it, it was just like you knew what was going down. You knew what was happening. <laughs> you saw the greatness. Yeah. 
What, what's your take on it, Ken? Um, no, I think it's I think it's pretty cool, man. Like to actually sit here, I, I, you know, you always felt that they were gonna get here and they were gonna do it the way they were just demolishing teams um, down the stretch. I think fatigue set in, mental fatigue te- fatigue set in, and and they they won games. They got lucky at times to win games. They still count as W's. I'm not discrediting that. Um, I'm only pointing that out to say that some of the games that they won, like the one in Memphis. Like when you start, or the one that when Draymond threw one up from between his legs and then go in and they go on to win that game, you know, there were when they down by 20 something against the Clippers and come back. Multiple times they were down by double digits and came back this year. When you look at how a lot of the wins transpired over the course of the year, it just feels like it's destined to happen. Like it's bound to happen and there's nothing going to stop it. And, you know, the Timberwolves came close. Um, when they came back and actually won that game in Golden State, but and and Memphis was close. And can Memphis win tomorrow? Um, I mean, it's possible, but we're right. talking about they're in. I mean, they're in Golden State. I mean, they're 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 in Oracle Arena, right? Playing for the record in front of their home crowd. Who wants it? Like to me, this feels like a forty-point game from Stephen Curry. It feels like Clay Thompson going to go for about 20 in a row. It feels like Draymond Green is going to chase and get a triple-double. It feels like <laughs> it's going to be like everything this season was about. <laughs> everything this season was about will manifest itself in one game. On the And, you know, the, Warriors, the, the, the Grizzlies, they, I mean, they're beat up. They almost beat them without Conley, without Gasol. Um, and I think it's somebody else. So they're they're banged up. They're playing with D League, and they gave it their all. And they were they were so close to winning um, that game, and they and they didn't. So do you think they want to go out there and find a way to to stop them from beating this record? You best believe they are. Will they be able to do it? I I, I seriously doubt it. It seems like at this point it's a foregone conclusion. And even when they lost to the Timberwolves and they needed to win four straight. You know, it, it still wasn't down in my mind that they were going to do it. I had them winning the remaining four games of the season. I knew it was going to be tough, but I knew once they got past um, the Grizzlies and, and you know, in, in the groundhouse, after that, I knew that, for me it was a wrap. When when they won that game off of a tip-in, coming down, coming from 10 points behind, you know, I was like, yeah, they're going to beat San Antonio in San Antonio. Right. Um, and here we are. So I think it's you know, I'm I'm 100% with B. You know, it means nothing if they don't win the title. And I hope that this doesn't put them in a – like, you have to go for it. Like, if you're a competitor, you have to go for this record. I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to go for this record. You know, and so, you you know, it's one of those situations where you just can't just not go for it. Um, so I applaud them for, for giving it their all and for giving the fans and for giving the NBA something to make this season interesting. You know, outside of the the fake problem <laughs> that was in Cleveland, you know, and and, and the mess that's now in Chicago. Oh man, it feels good to have a new storyline. You know, at times a little a little bit boring, but this record, this chase, is definitely interesting. Everybody's sitting back, like wondering if they are going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I know somebody that's pissed off about it. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe is pissed. Like, this is my final home game 
And I'm on. Everyone's looking at. He, yep. he, he got bumped to ESPN too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh That's man. Cool, man. You know what, man? It's it's you you and you made me think about it, Kim. And I remember '96 when the Bulls won. Um, it was. I mean, it wasn't like this because obviously we didn't have this much access to these games. So it wasn't like, you know, there was no league pass or anything like that. I think people were really blown away by the fact that the Bulls, you know, had gotten to 70 games. And the Bulls, I think their run was a little bit different because you have to keep in mind, uh, at one point in the second second half of the season, they got the suspension from Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman had a 10-game suspension for kicking a cameraman in the nuts. So, oh yeah, you know, I remember this. Shit. So yeah, so you know, <laughs> so so Jordan and Pippen are like, you know, how are we gonna do it? But you know, Jordan and Pippen weren't they weren't gonna let those guys down. You know, I give my I give you know Curry and those guys a lot of props because I watched that game. I don't know if you guys saw the game Saturday night against uh, the Grizzlies. It didn't look like they had it, and and they were they were just really trying to find their way. The game was really, really ugly. And like Ken said, you know, sometimes it's better it's better to be lucky than good. You know, there's some luck involved. And I don't mean that in a, in a demeaning way to, to, to the, the Warriors, but there has to be some luck involved for you to get to this point. I mean, they've gone without having, you know, not any major, major injuries other than, you know, little nicks here and there. Uh, and then they played well. I mean, the biggest injury, you know, really was to Steve Kerr. Uh, and they had Luke Walton step in and you know coach the team, um, but yeah, you got to give them props, man. I, I think it's I think it's been a great story, but it's 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 also been so enormous that there's been some other storylines that we really didn't pay pay much attention to, um, you know, throughout the season because the Warriors have been the story. Uh, you know, we forget about the MVP, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. The MVP type season Russell Westbrook has had, and he's probably not going to win the MVP. Uh, and it's not, you know, his fault or anything like that. But the Warriors, man, they they've been incredible, man. They have been just simply incredible. And you know, like Ken said, you know, I, I think this is this is a game that they probably, if if Curry gets it going early, he's going for 400 uh, three pointers. I mean, you know, and B said yeah, he has to make eight. Like, yep. If he yeah. knocked down like about three in the first quarter, exactly, he's going for it. Someone and, and gotta, and, someone has to be keeping count for him. Like, yo, dude, you exactly. Need, Somebody's you gonna be keeping count more. and and. And they're going to be, you know, and, and so, you know, they're, they're going to go and I, I expect, I don't expect this game to be close at all. Uh, Memphis gave them their best shot. Memphis is shorthanded. Uh, Gasol is out. Conley's out. Um, you know, that man, Memphis had guys on the team on the court the other night, straight D-league guys. Like you had never even heard of them before. Yeah. And so, you know, for them really to, to put up the fight that they did, I give them credit. But and Golden State, man, they're, they're the crown jewel of the NBA, but you know, and much like with the Bulls, once the Bulls hit 72, that's what everybody said. Everybody said, well, okay, well, hey, this record doesn't mean anything if you don't win at all. And subsequently, the Bulls went 72 and 10, and their entire record for the season and postseason was 87 and 100. So they only lost 13 games throughout the whole year. So, you know, that's what the Warriors are looking at. So uh, they've got a, a long, hard road ahead of them, but, you know, they got to start tomorrow night and then after that, it's playoff time. You know, it's kind of crazy, man, because I, I just remember reflecting back on the season. Um, I just remember just watching them play and just looking like, there's no way you can beat these guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, and, and, and I, I'm just, I was like, I, I don't see how people could can beat them. It, it, it was just. It's it, tough. 
And in for a four game series, it's tough, man. Yeah, and that was one of the the like that was one of the most remarkable things that that I I I remember about this season. Just looking like, how do you stop this? You know, and and you know, only one person has legitimately done it, and have come close three other times that they well two other times and they lost. Right. You know, still, and we I'm talking about pop. You know, and, you know, other teams, I think, have gotten lucky. You know, other teams have been ahead. But at the end of the day, once the Warriors get going, that's that freight train, man. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. So, you know, but, yeah, it's just throughout the season, I'm like, right, how do you stop this? It, 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 it's a level of dominance that I've, I haven't seen in the NBA in a long time. Yeah, it, it's, and I think one of the things, too, the, the one thing I remember from that Bulls team is that a lot of their wins came because they had you defeated. The Bulls had you mentally defeated because they intimidated you. So, you know, a lot of a lot of teams were they were shook at tip off. So it wasn't like, you know, now nobody fears the Warriors like that. There's, there's not that I mean the NBA isn't that type of NBA anymore where there's level of intimidation, but you know, they just and, and you knew and B will tell you, I mean, he's a Detroit Pistons fan, you know, if Jordan came down and hit his first two or three shots, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. You already know it's gonna be a long night, because if he's hitting that jumper. And he's in a long jumper. You know, you you you're in trouble. Um, I want to jump back to uh, the game on Sunday night, which I thought was going to be the toughest game for the Warriors in their quest to get to 73. Was going to be the toughest game uh, at AT&T Arena in San Antonio, seven o'clock tip. Uh, they were coming off a of back-to-back because they had just played Memphis, um, and they go at it with with these guys. And it's, I mean. <laughs> I tweeted out that in the first half, it was like an AFC South game. I mean, like the score was 35-35. A lot of defense, a lot of turnover. Well, not really a lot of turnovers. Just it was tough basketball, tough to watch. It wasn't open. You guys saw the game. What, Ken, what, what do you think? Because it's, it's, it's almost like they hit a switch in the third quarter, and everything changed. Steph hit a couple of shots. And the game just changed from there. What what is it about that that third quarter that that made or what makes them so special? Well, I think for me there's a couple of things when I look at the one game the Spurs won, and then I look at the other two that they lost. And for one, I got to give Steph Curry and Steve Kerr a lot of props for making the adjustments they needed to make mm-hmm. because we all know what happened in the game that they won. They mm-hmm. forced everybody off the three point line. And Steph Curry, being the smart guy that he is, took advantage of that. He was like, okay, you guys are not going to give me this shot. I'll just take what you're going to give me. And and it worked. And it worked in, in the second game that they won. It, wasn't, it worked in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was the biggest thing that I saw. Now, the other thing that I noticed was it seemed like the Spurs were trying different defensives. You know, when I when I watched it, it didn't seem like they were they were just trying out different things, um, just to kind of figure out how they're going to play them. Because more than likely, they feel that they're going to see them again. So the intensity that was there in the first win that they got wasn't necessarily there. And and, and the Spurs struggled for whatever reason. They struggled to make shots. They miss a yeah. lot of when they when they yeah. played the Warriors this year. So if that turns around, you know, who knows how those games you know, could ultimately end up going. Um, but more importantly, man, I just got to give props to Kerr and, and Curry for not relying on that shot. You know, and, and, and 
and that spoke volumes. You know, you, we, you know, to, to not be the one trick pony. Mm -hmm. you know, to 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 do what FIFO said in the video that we posted. To do that that in between game. You know that he was talking about because that was something he pointed out in the video. It was like Curry didn't have that in between game in the loss. And in the last two games, you saw a mixture of that. So that was one of the things that I noticed. But in my head, I couldn't help but think that is it possible that Pop is playing chess and not checkers? Here's what I mean. It, by that. It's possible. It, it, and 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 kind of let me let me let me kind of break that down. What I mean. What? All right. We all know how the Warriors managed. The Warriors beat you by three pointers. Typically, that's their their main weapon. They just hammer you with three pointer after three pointer after three pointer. If you want to stay in the game with the Warriors, you gotta nullify that and get them to take more twos than threes. And if they take more twos than threes, you have a shot at the game. In the last couple of games that the Spurs have played, they've taken more twos than threes, even though they knocked down ten in the last game. But they're playing at the pace that I <clears throat> wanted. Mm -hmm. And they're proving that they can win at that pace, so I'm not knocking them for it. But what I'm saying is that if the Spurs make more shots and they got the game at the pace they want and Curry's not knocking down three-pointers, all of a sudden if you can run them off the line and maybe make your adjustment on the defense to kind of shut off the layups or the, the floater, which is going to be tough to do, you have a shot. So if, if, if I'm looking at this and Pop's saying, okay, we're going to try different things, we're going to rush them off the three-point line. How are they going to play? Because we know they're going to make adjustments. How are they going to play when they're not getting three-point shots? And now they kind of have an idea of what the offense will look like. So in the playoffs, they can now scheme for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too deep. But when I was thinking about that and just looking at the way the game went and seeing Curry just killing them with the twos, I'm like, okay, well, you, you kind of – kind of maybe playing in the pop's hand because you're not getting the extra point. So now you can trade bucket for bucket. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but really the, the main thing is that I got to give Curry and Kerr a lot of props for making the adjustments they needed to make. You're not going to give us the three. You know, we can score other ways and we're going to score other ways. And they mm -hmm. didn't. What about you, uh, B? Um, what do you take from that and as far as how they were able to put that together, that win? Talking about the, the Warriors against the Spurs. Yes, right? against Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think Curry. Like, yeah. I think Ken mentioned it. Like when Curry got in that third quarter, man, they just turned it up, and Curry started being Curry. Like, mm -hmm. I was really interested to see. You know, of course, you know, I think we mentioned too before. We all said it. Like by Duncan and Boris Diaw not playing. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, what could that would have made a difference? You know, you 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 can say yeah, no, because we all seen before when Boris Diaw was in, he gave Harrison Barnes hell. You know what I'm saying, especially right. like. So, you know, I, I do. I, I I'm a, I'm agreeing with Ken. I do believe that Pop is kind of sort of playing chess and like saving, because you know he's played them what he's played Golden State Warriors what three times this year, four times this year. Uh, four times I think. So now you know, I'm pretty sure Greg Pop got his mental Rolodex back, his coaching Rolodex back, and getting ready for. You know, because I'm pretty sure we can already, you can pretty much pencil them in for a Western Conference Finals matchup. Mm -hmm. You know, unless Cleveland, I mean, unless Clippers or, or OKC got something to say. But, um, yeah, I think he's just really saving his, he's saving his deck of cards or saving whatever mental decks he got 
for that Western Conference final matchup when he knows he's going to have to sit down and figure out a way to beat this team four times out of seven games. You know, with 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 them having a, with knowing only they have three games at home. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting. I thought you know I thought Warriors came out that third, like I said the second half they came out fire man. Stephen Curry became Stephen Curry and. and you know, Draymond started, you know, started diving for balls and then, you know, just like hustle plays because right. you notice in the first half, you know, the Spurs, they was really, bu- they was bullying. They was pretty much bullying um the Warriors in that first half. And I'm like, oh, no, I think we might be about to witness, we still going to witness history at the same time history being chased because if Spurs would have won that game, they'd have been the only team to go undefeated at home the entire season. You know, the closest team to do that was the 85-86 uh, Celtics. So, yep. No, I thought Spurs was getting ready to make history on the state on that night. But like I said, that second half, I don't know what pep talk. Who was in that? Lock- I think Draymond Green was probably in that locker room. Like, yo, we ain't playing. We getting bullied. Blah da da da. And they came out and they they had a whole different attitude. So yeah, that was that was definitely a great way to uh, make an adjustment in that second half that I noticed on with that game. I think um I, I think one of the things that really surprised me was one, and I think one of the keys is going to be when they do play is is Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, uh, they Golden State really has no answer for Lamarcus Aldridge. I think in the the first game that they played, Aldridge scored like five points and they got run out the gym. And then when they played in Golden State a couple of weeks ago, he played okay. If I'm not saying I don't have his stats in front of me, but um, you know, I think they got like really huh? He played like a chump. <laughs> so I think he I think he has to play for them to have a chance. He's going. I mean, because Kawhi is going to be who Kawhi is and, and Dunk and so forth and so on. Um, but getting back to Curry, I think it you made a good point as far as pace. Pace is going to be the thing because obviously if the game was 35-35 at half, so that definitely bodes well for San Antonio. But after a while, like Ken said, they start San, San Antonio couldn't make shots. So when they stopped when they stopped making shots, then it was just they became long rebounds and then they were taking they were taking long shots, so there were long rebounds, and Golden State started picking up the pace. And then Curry hit like two—he hit two threes back to back, came back and hit a layup. I wrote this down. Curry had 17 points because, like B said, they ran him off the the three-point line. So then he just—he—he he smartened up and said, "Okay, well, hey, I'm not—I'm more than just a three-point shooter." So he had 17 points on 14 drives to the basket. Right now, he's 68% in the paint. Uh, he leads the NBA as far as uh, guards or small forwards in the paint attacking the rim. So he's he's 68% on layups, I should say. So, I mean, like, so he is finishing at the rim. So that's what he did the other night. He said, well, okay, y'all going to run me off the three-point line? Okay, no problem. I'm just going to penetrate. Um, and one of the things that's been really impressive about this team is that they have not lost, obviously, back-to-back games all season long. That's the only – it's never happened before in the NBA. Um, I think that's an incredible stat when you think about it, when you consider the travel and things of that nature that teams have to go through, um, and then just the wear and tear on a nightly basis. But a part of it also speaks to this last point I want to make. We're going to throw it to FIFO. Um, Steph Curry sat out of 20 games. So when you think about it, when you know, because I, I started thinking like, okay, well, how is he not? Because he doesn't. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's in great shape, but he doesn't look tired during these games or anything. Like, he never looks, like, beat down or run down. But he sat out the fourth quarter of 20, 20 uh, games this season. So I think that makes a difference, too, as well, as far as – and then keep in mind, I think 
Golden State was ready to get to the playoffs because obviously the playoffs are what counts, but you're not playing those three games and five nights in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? The schedule is it the schedule works toward rest as far as the playoffs are concerned. You may play on Monday, you may not play again until Wednesday or Thursday. Players need that kind of rest and they welcome that in the NBA when it comes to playoffs. Uh, now let's bring in a uh, fourth member of the crew, our boy FIFO. FIFO, what's going on, Playboy? Hey, yo, yo, what's good, Kyle? You got it, man. What's up with you? Chilling, man. Working. Tell, tell hey, us hey, what, you, hey. what you think about this stuff, man. What are we talking about? Well, watching that game, I'm, I'm glad Cam mentioned uh, what I said last time. Mm-hmm. Curry, in that previous game against San Antonio, was just trying to kill him with the three. He wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. This time, he took what the defense was giving him. I think that this goes all the way back to the, the the statements that Ken keeps saying. Let Steph score. What like he he's got he when you are a great scorer, you you're just you're not allowed to score. You you take what you want when you want it. When you're a point guard that is a scoring point guard, you have to balance that scoring with getting others involved. That's why Draymond is so big for them. Mm-hmm. When I watch this, man, I just want to see Pop with his full arsenal just going at it because this right here is just gonna—it's gonna be back and forth in terms of mm-hmm. adjustments, and I think that that's probably mm-hmm. gonna be the best basketball series that we're gonna see because you're I gonna agree. see great basketball by both teams: ball movement, unselfishness, setting good screens, doing all the little—all of the little nuances that make great teams great. Um, and not just on the offensive side, the defensive side as well. Then you have two great coaches that understand adjustments and minor tweaks that are going to go back and forth with each other, man. So I, I'm just looking forward. Um, like B said, you can pencil these two teams in. The only team I can see, you know, really making a rally to say, hey, we belong is OKC. Um, I think the Clippers are still missing something. They, I, I don't think that they're close enough yet. Uh, but I definitely think OKC can 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 spoil that party. But um, I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against Golden State. Steph Curry's the real MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they have a real legitimate squad. They've shown that they can win close games, tough games, grind it out games, blow out games. They can win in a multitude of ways. Right. And and and, and that's what champions need, man. And, and I think that the experience that they got last year with the experience that they got this year with standing everybody's best shot to the tune of setting or on the verge of setting an NBA record for most wins in a season. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm not, I'm not been against them boys. I'm not either. Not in, in a seven game series. This is, I just don't know. And, and me and B talked about this. There was a quote that Greg Popovich had, and we don't know if he was playing possum at the time, but this was after their first <coughs> loss uh, to golden state. He said, I don't know how or if we can figure them out. And then Ginobili, like a week later, said the same thing. And, I, and it just, B was like, man, you think that's you think that they're just playing that or you know, playing up to that, or, or is, does he really, really feel that? And I couldn't really make much sense of the quote, you know, because I didn't hear it, but we both read the same quote. And it just, I, I, I want to see, and that doesn't mean I don't think, because I still think Golden State's going to win it all. I just think that, much like you, FIFA, I want to see, Duncan, Dial, uh, all of Golden State's complimentary pieces. I want to see everybody on the floor and see how it plays. I just, in a seven-game series, I just don't know that based on what I've seen this year, 
I, I don't think anybody has an answer for him. I but just you know what? I think I think Papa's being one hundred percent honest. I think Papa so too. Papa's a historian and he's a realist. When you when whenever they ask him about the true great players of the game, he, he like what's the reason for him to show, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He lets you know, and I, I honestly believe that he. What do you take away from this squad? Mm-hmm. What do you take away? I don't think that he should be recording anything. It is extremely difficult to game plan for the Golden State Warriors. You take away one thing, they hit you with another. You take that away, they hit you with another, and then they come back to the first thing you don't took away because now you focus on two, three other things. So he, I, I, I don't think that there's no sugarcoating. I don't think there, there's no posturing. I think he's being 100% honest. I don't know how to slow all that crap down, but I'm going to do my best. Right. Well, and I, I think he was being honest at the time. I think if you ask him that question now, I think you'll get a different answer because I think he has figured it out for the most part. You know, people will say, well, he's still, you know, they the Warriors beat him three times, but you still have to look at the last three games as a sample size. They won one and they were in two that they lost, mm-hmm. but they were kind of playing the way that the Spurs want them to play. Ultimately, it didn't go their way. Because they didn't make a lot of shots. You have to credit the Warriors' defense a little bit for that. But, they, you know, to be honest, the Spurs missed a lot of, lot of freaking uh, layups and shots they typically make. But I think now that he has an idea, he has some ideas on how he wants to stop them, he sees the adjustment that they've made in the last two games, and I think if they meet in the playoffs, it's like you said, he'll have Dial. Dial should be healthy, and um, and I don't know if Duncan's gonna play a lot, but I think I think Dial is the key. I think, and I think he didn't play Dial intentionally for the last two games because he didn't want them to be able to game plan for him. But I think Dial is the key, and um, and and of course Lamarcus Aldridge because Lamarcus has to bully. Draymond Green, but LaMarcus plays, his, sometimes he just, sometimes he's there, sometimes he isn't. Sometimes he can be too finesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's just too freaking erratic for he me. go back dude. to those old Portland ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I think LaMarcus is the difference in that series mm-hmm. if San Antonio wants to win because he has the biggest advantage. On, on San Antonio. Yep. Tim Duncan doesn't. Uh, and they they have him. nobody that can guard him. He has the biggest advantage, so he is the he is the the catalyst if they're going to win. Now on the other side, and, and you know you even touched on it. Like sometimes Lamarcus isn't there, right? On the other side, you have Steph Curry, and how lethal he is that we saw in that third quarter. There's just nothing you can do with. That LaMarcus isn't going to beat you more than maybe two games doing what he's supposed to do. Because we haven't seen him do that in a seven-game series more than two, maybe three games. We have not seen that. Mm-hmm. But Steph, we've seen, bro. We've seen. And I, look, when he explodes, it doesn't matter if they're up or they're down. It, it's, it's going to cause some emotional distress. And, and I'm glad that Brad Stevens had said that and, and when they were playing against uh, the Warriors when he said, don't let – don't take these threes emotionally. Don't let this <laughs> like destroy <laughs> your focus. I like Be- that. Because, no, that's what threes do. They're demoralizing. Mm-hmm. They're extremely de- – and when they come in bunches three at a time, 
he can hit three in a matter of 60 seconds. Not even three shot clocks. This man done hit nine points. If you had him by 12, that's a three-point lead. It, 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 it just it makes you feel like, well, damn. What 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 else can I do? Yeah, what else? Yeah, what can well, we, we do? We saw what it did in uh when when um Golden, I mean the Spurs got within six, and Harrison Barnes popped two threes, and the lead back is, is twelve. He's been playing ball real well time, recently too. You know, and to me, here's the thing for me, man. I, I and the guy that I think is going to be really really important for them in the playoffs. Um, one of the two guys is, is Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes. If he's making shots the way he is now, that team is going to be damn near unbeatable because he went MIA for pretty much half, if not more, than the, if, if probably about half to three-quarters of the season. He was hurt, and it took him a while to kind of get get his way back into the lineup, even though he was back in the lineup but to find, to find his shot. But I agree, Ken. If he's hitting his shot, it, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And that, that was the difference in the other game that – the uh the uh, Warriors won. Harrison Barnes was was putting buckets in in in, in the hoop. I'm like, what? The, at that point, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But and, and that's why I say that those the guys like Harrison Barnes and Draymond and Clay Thompson, if you put in a concerted effort to slow them down, you'll have a shot. Mm-hmm. Let Steph do what he does, man. Just contain as much as you can the other guys and give yourself a chance to win. Too difficult because they got Draymond. If they didn't have Draymond, I would say that your strategy is spot on. But they have Draymond, and that's that that makes it difficult. Because Draymond puts makes your defense makes decisions. When the defense starts to think, you beat the defense. Yeah, I, I think uh, one, one thing that kind of – and we'll move on to the next topic. But um, one play stands out in particular to me. Uh, they Sunday night, they ran Curry off the three-point line. He penetrates. Uh, Draymond catches the ball at the elbow, right, right near the free-throw line. And Curry cuts down the baseline, goes up under the rim. He goes out of bounds. And San Antonio lost track of him. And so Draymond kicks it out to Barnes. Barnes throws it back to Draymond. Now, meanwhile, Curry comes back around. He's on the backside of the three-point line. Draymond passes him the ball. Curry has a wide-open three. And and I think that's where it's plays like that. And, and, you know, if you're watching at home, you're thinking, how does Curry get just an, a wide-open shot? Like, San Antonio just lost him. Like, you have to, if you're going to beat the Warriors, you got to stay on Curry. I mean, like, you got to because – He's always moving without the ball, and he's such a great ball handler. But I also saw, and this has been problematic for a lot of teams this year, you know, they run Curry off the three-point line, and then he goes to shoot up, and everybody freezes like, oh, snap. He, you know, they, they're like, okay, I'm not going to guard him because he might shoot a three, but he's five feet from the basket. You got to foul him at that point or at least, you know, try to make the shot difficult. So he, he, he does so much, but I agree. If you're going to beat, whether it be the Spurs or whom, anybody else, if you're going to beat the Warriors, you know, you, you're you not going to stop Curry. you got to stop those other guys because what happens is you look in the box score, Livingston's got 15. You know, Barnes has 12. Festus Azili has seven. You know, Bogut has eight. And all of these other ancillary guys, you know, those guys feed off a of step. So, you know, you got to try to stop a guy like Clay Thompson as well because once he gets rolling, hey, it's lights out. Um, as I mentioned at the top, 
uh, Kobe Bryant will be playing in his last NBA game tomorrow night. Um, so it's it for the Mamba. 20 years, uh, big salute to him. Uh, Nike has rolled out his nice promotion. Uh, he's getting accolades and farewells. And, Videos from Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Kendrick K-Dot gave him a shout-out, you know, just all kind of stuff, man. Um, I promise you at some point, uh, I don't know when we're going to do it, but there's a video that we have not shot yet uh, <laughs> that is purely comical between FIFO and Rod as far as their, <laughs> their Kobe takes. Um, so, man, I guess to, 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 to wrap it up, man, uh, FIFO, man, give us your thoughts on Kobe uh, hanging him up finally. About damn time, Kobe. You know, <laughs> 20 years, bro. It's a long-ass time. Um, but not nah, illustrious career. I'm, I'm giving the old man a hard time. You know what I'm saying? Because I know it's hard to walk away. It is. I, I, I know when you're at the top of your game, when you can talk smack to every single person and back it up, and it starts not to go your way, and you're like, I can't go out like this. I can't go out. So I understand. I understand, but the practical side of me has always said Kobe just let it go. But I get it. But that's why I'm kind of glad that he that that he's finally gotten to that point. Um, I'm glad that this season he was able to give us the moments, like in Philly. You know, last time he's gonna play there, that's his hometown. He gave them a show in Boston. He gave them a show. Um, you know, but then other nights it's like six for thirty, and it's like mm-hmm. oh, whoa, whoa. You know, do I really want to see that? And the ticket prices are crazy, man. You yeah. Know, it's like it's like forty racks for two tickets. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a minimum a thousand. But you know, man, look. At the end of the day, Kobe is going to have a statue outside of that outside of that uh, arena, um, and and it's deserving. Um, the second best shooting guard to ever play, in my opinion. Um, spanned a lot of generations of basketball, he's played through a lot of different changes in basketball, man. And and for him to be at the level and compete at the level every year that he was able to do that and be the guy, the main guy responsible for wins and losses to take on as much as as he has throughout his career, man, it's it's amazing. It's amazing um, and sad that every career has to come to an end. Um, because I think him and KG and Tim Duncan are, are truly last of um, yeah, of, of of a certain type of basketball player that I don't think is bred anymore. Um, because it's so institutionalized now. Uh, with, with, with everything, I don't want to go down that road, but man, Kobe, I'm I'm gonna miss Kobe. I'm gonna miss watching Kobe play, man. I think um. Some people are just too far stands, and some people just didn't appreciate him enough. But um, I definitely am going to miss him, man. Definitely going to miss that. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? What's your take on Kobe hanging it up after 20 years, man? Man, <clears throat> crazy. Um, you know, I, I think he does. He definitely deserved, you know, the farewell, the farewell that he's been getting this, you know, all this season. Because you know, you, you got to appreciate. The guys, you know, craft and dedication to the sport. Kind of similar to like, you know, like Mayweather. Like Mayweather craft his dedication to boxing. It's like Kobe's dedication to the game is like 
second to none. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to appreciate as me, you know, playing basketball, like for him to for him to still work on his game and want to improve his game. This man had won, you know, he was a three peat champion with Shaq. You know, he already got three rings, but isn't he still going to Kim Elijah on the offseason to perfect his post game, to perfect his footwork. You know what I mean? This is a guy who really worked hard day in and day out. You know, just like Kevin Durant, that little story Kevin Durant said, you know, when they was in the Olympics, how, yeah, I got up at, you know, four in the morning and Kobe was still there from the night before <laughs> shooting right. around and working on, you know, this is what, 2008 or whatever, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yep. like, he's still wanting to be great. So it's just like, you have to, pre- as much as I didn't like really care about Kobe as far as personality wise, but mm-hmm, you know, as, the, as once you get between them 50 by 94 feet lines, you know, he was all about business, and he was, hey, the man, the man really, he was really competitive, man, I, and, I, and I love that. I, I, and I, I completely agree with people. Him, KG, and Duncan are like the last of like that, that Mohicans of the era, you know, and Paul Pierce, too. You can throw Paul Pierce in there, too. The last of like that Mohicans era that, you know, kind of like, I guess, the old, almost the last of like that old school physical mm-hmm. type yeah. of thing we used to seeing. So, yeah, man, I, you know, it's, it's. Well deserved, man. I hope. I hope he. I like. And people argue and say he's, you know, the best Lakers. Some say he's the second best Lakers. Still, Magic. Ooh, it's it's really interesting, man. It, it, you know, you can you can make that argument. You know what I'm saying? But y'all, just like people, he's gonna have that statue right out, <clears throat> right out. You know, outside the Staples Center once it's said and done. That's that's a good topic for tomorrow. <laughs> Ken, what about you, man? Your thoughts on Kobe, 20 years, man, hanging him up. Man, I've watched this dude half my life. Wow. Like, think about that for yeah, like, yeah. Really Think about that because I'm, yeah. I'm 40. Half yeah. of my life, Kobe Bryant has been playing basketball. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. So um, that's going to be kind of insane, man, to really, really think about that. Um but I, I I think what B said really really sums it up, man. He is the last of them killers. Mm-hmm. You don't have anymore. You, Russell, you could probably put Russell Westbrook in there. He's a killer. But I see what you're saying, though, Ken. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I won't I won't argue against that. How many players in the NBA though, B? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I get, Not a lot. I, I know where you was going. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, Ken. Yeah, like like okay, so. So we have one killer. Like back in the day, we had Kobe. Oh, we had plenty. Yeah, AI. <laughs> we had guys that's gonna try to go on the court, and they they're trying to destroy you. Yep. Now they, you know, they want to hug. They want to, you know, hug you in halftime. Mm. Hug you after the game. I'm go talking about the dinner, tweet, you know, work out with you in the off season. I'm talking about you, KD. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kobe stayed with one team. Um, he threatened to leave. Ultimately, got his way and stayed, and uh, and it, you know it kind of cost him in the last few years. But um, at the end of the day, man, you know he he's 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 what we're gonna miss, man, and 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 that's something that that will you know that I'm definitely gonna miss is, is that killer. And you guys can talk, you know, you you millennials, you can talk all your crap about. You know, it's a new age and the game is better and whatever, man. Like, you guys need killers in this NBA. You got, and it makes it so much more fun. And I know some of you guys in the chat room pointing out some people right now, but you know, and that's fine. But 
man, what Kobe brought to the game, every time he stepped on the court, you know he's bringing it. And he never cheats you. And that can be appreciated, man. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, you know I, much like you guys, I didn't care much for Kobe. But what I did learn from Kobe is how to appreciate great players mm-hmm. and to put aside my personal differences or whatever and start to appreciate these guys. And I think if there's anything to learn is to just sit back and watch the games now and and, and just stop, like, finding players to dislike. And I'm just I, – I really just watch the game for who they are. I, I was the same way with, with Jordan. You know, I had my flair, mm-hmm. favorite players in the NBA, and I didn't like Jordan like that. You know, but I missed out on – like, I still got a chance to see it because I was hate-watching, but <laughs> – I didn't get a chance to really appreciate it until he was gone. And there was a point in Kobe's career where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to appreciate the rest of this guy's career. And, you know, it got me to a place now where I could just really, truly sit back and just watch the game objectively and and just appreciate it from that perspective. And it's so much more fun this way, too. <laughs> no, no question. No, no question. And, yeah. And real quick, you you know, you know for me, man, the one like if I can if I can epitomize or quantify Kobe's career and one action that he did <clears throat> is Colorado. Kobe, no, <laughs> not even. Not even. Um, Kids, stupid. When he when he tore his Achilles <sighs> and he took them two free throws because you know if you don't shoot the free throws you can't come back into the game. And the man took the two free throws because he really thought he was going to play with a busted Achilles. Man, <laughs> right. man is tough. I think I think that that is what epitomized Kobe. He walked to the free throw line under his own power. Walked off the court. Man, you, you see how many people done bust the Achilles in the last two three years? Mm, how they yeah. all on the ground? Yeah. He helped to get out. And Kobe walked off, man. He limped off. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Kobe, man. Drew Holiday couldn't play because he had a, a blister on his pinky toe. <laughs> Drew Holiday, Holiday. Yeah. said he couldn't play because he had a blister on his foot. It's a different. It's like you said, Ken. It's Kobe leaving the game is, and when Duncan leaves, uh, and for all we know, it could be at the end of this year. Uh, KG, uh, you know, Paul Pierce, those guys, those that was, those guys were, and, and I remember it distinctly because. When Jordan left, the big question was like, who's going to take over the NBA? Who, you know, is, will the NBA be in good hands? Because the NBA was passed down from Magic and Bird and Isaiah to, you know, Jordan, Hakeem, Olajuwon, and those guys. And and so this was the next era. Uh, personally, I'm a I, I grew up a Jordan fan, so. Kobe to me was a guy who was trying too much to be. I mean, like if you listen to Kobe, like his first five, six years, you listen to his interviews, he sounded like a Jordan clone. Like, he's he sounded like Mike. He wanted to be like Mike. He wanted to look like Mike. I think one of the things that I actually – and I didn't like Kobe. And I'm now off the court, I, Kobe's not somebody I want to have a drink with. But I began, like I think what Ken said perfectly, I began to appreciate his greatness. And I think one of the things – I think one of the – now, we will never know what happened in Colorado, but I think what he learned from that, was like, look, I can't be out here trying to please everybody. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to stop walking around here trying to be Jordan. I'm going to be Kobe. And when, I be, when I'm when i Kobe, 
everything else will take care of itself. And I and I gained a lot of appreciation and respect for that because up until that point, I thought he was a clown. I thought he was a phony. Um, but and that was how I felt about him off the court. But on the court, I couldn't deny his greatness. Much like Ken, these last few years, I have really, really appreciated what. And, and my friends will tell you, like I'm not, I, I don't like the Lakers. Never have liked the Lakers. Um, but I appreciate what Kobe has done and what he's done for the game. And it's it's mind-boggling now when Ken, when Ken says, you know, I've seen him half my life. You know, that's true. And then you think about it, it's like you got guys like Durant, guys like, you know, uh, LeBron, who grew up watching this guy. And now, now all of a sudden they're on the court competing with him. You know, guys, his contemporaries like, you know, the DeMar Rosens of the world, all of these guys, Westbrooks, these guys grew up idolizing Kobe. You know, you take a guy like Westbrook who grew up in L.A., grew up a Lakers fan, you know, going to UCLA, he, you know, got a chance to work out against Kobe, you know, in the summers and stuff like that. So um, it, it's bittersweet, man, because, you know, tomorrow night's his final game. But if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we haven't seen the real Kobe probably in the last three years. Um, we've seen glimpses, uh, you know, but it's, you know, father time is undefeated. And, you know, I'm glad that he got out of his own way to allow the NBA and everybody to appreciate him and, you know, give him this farewell send off because, you know, Five years ago, Kobe wouldn't have done this, you know. May, and maybe that's where the injuries came came in. Maybe the the, the fact that he was um, hurt, he got a chance to kind of humble himself and and you know say, hey, it's okay that people appreciate me and 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 not be worried about being the villain. And I think that's one of the differences. And I'm not even gonna get into LeBron and Kobe, but I think that's one of the differences is that I appreciate the fact that Kobe he leaves it out on the court just like LeBron does, but Kobe doesn't care what people think. I think that's the difference. I think LeBron ultimately cares what people think about him. Um, and I think, you know, that Kobe's circumstances had a lot to do with that. And hopefully at some point in time, LeBron will get past wanting to please people and just worry about being LeBron. Um, but yeah, man, I, I salute him. I, I'll i be honest, I'm probably not going to be watching tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> because you, ain't I, gonna watch, you ain't gonna watch the final, the final one? Nah, because I think the Golden State, to me, the Golden, I'm, I'm like you said earlier, B, I'm, I'm more interested in history. So, I mean, what I'll see from Kobe is, you know, I could probably catch it on Sports Center. I mean, I, I might flip back and forth, but honestly, I mean, Kobe's probably gonna go six for twenty-two or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's gonna be an intriguing game. Now, if Golden State gets out and blows them out or something like that, you know. And you know their breast and their starters in the fourth quarter. Then I may flip back over, but I'm not. I'm not really like it's not must see for me. What about you guys? Are you guys watching the Warriors uh, tomorrow night? Are you watching um, Kobe's final game? I watch, watch the, the Warriors. Warriors record Kobe. Yeah, I do the same. Okay. Yeah. What about you, B? I'm gonna be flicking back and forth. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think when they get closer to like the game being over, cause let let let's let's be real. What if what if Golden State might be up by like twenty five or thirty at halftime? You know, you might kind of start going over to the Kobe game and like just, yeah. You know, like I said, when they get close to the end, the fourth quarter, and seeing like the the final farewell, then yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that game. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the Warriors game is not gonna be close. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I mean, salute to him, man. We got of course. We'll have more commentary and more tributes to Kobe. And as I mentioned, uh, at some point we're gonna record this video. <laughs> we're gonna record this this video, this ongoing video between Rod and uh, and FIFO. 
Um, and moving on into football news, uh, Josh Gordon, uh, the, multi, the multi-talented wide receiver from the uh, Cleveland Browns, uh, tested positive for weed again. And as you all know, Josh uh, Gordon was on suspension from the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. He has been suspended for the past year. And this new revelation of a new positive test uh, means that uh, he failed as far as not only failing the test, but it came out late this afternoon that his application to be reinstated into the NFL has been denied. So he will have to sit out another NFL football season. Ken, man, give me, give us your take on Josh Gordon, man. Um, <laughs> it's sad, man. Um, it, it really is because this brother is so so talented, man. Um, oh, like when when I for whatever reason, he kind of just reminds me of T.O. When I, you know, his size and strength and mm-hmm. all that. Like when I see him play, and I'm and, and that's what I wanted to see if he he could become somebody unstoppable like that. And I, I think you know, for me, it's unfortunate that I don't think we'll ever get a chance to see that. He's lost. That years, uh, including this year, maybe three, um, he hasn't been on the football field. And um, and I think that's tragic when you got when you have guys that are that talented that, that can't, you know, stop, you know, hurting themselves. And I, I don't know what's going on in his life. I don't proclaim to know what's going on, on in his life. Um, I just know that, you know, he was a guy that, you know, could have given us something special, could have, you know, Definitely giving himself something special, his family something special, and um, and you know it, it just hasn't worked out that way, man. And, you know, life is like that sometimes. You know, we have guys that have all the talent in the world, and they just, you know, other things affect them, and other things happen in their life that kind of gets in the way. And I think for for Josh Gordon, you know, I think we just need to put a put an end to this, and just you know, just just don't let him come back at all. You know, and I hate to be harsh, but it seems like for me, there are bigger problems that he needs to address and um and deal with. And you know, right now, obviously, if this is true, he cares nothing about playing in the NFL mm-hmm. and and more about doing whatever it is he's doing or taking whatever it is he's taking. So it is what it is, man. I was really, really looking forward to him and RG three. Yeah, yeah. This year. New, new oh, coach. My goodness. That's what I wanted to see. I, and now, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So, um, best of luck to him, man. Best of luck to him. Last I heard he was selling cars. I think last year he was, he was selling cars. Yeah, what? something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was doing that on the side or something like that, selling cars. Um, that's, that's crazy, man. Like, dog, you could be in the NFL. I think his contract was like $2 million a year, something like that, something crazy. I'm the worst, bro. <laughs> FIFA, what about you, man? Josh Gordon, give us your take on him, man. Uh, it's sad, man. It's sad because, like Ken said, he is talented. And he does remind you of a young T.O. Uh, the man is, what, 6'5"? Like what, what, what does he run? Like in the 40, it's crazy. You throw the yeah, ball he's up. he's a 4'4". Four, four, get it? 4'3". Four, so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, 4'3", 6'5". You know what I'm saying? He's like a baby Megatron, man. So to lose that. But here's the thing. Is he really a difference maker? Now, he, he I think he sells seats, but with or without him, he, 
they don't win more. So, you know, are they really losing something? Nah, I think that they just need a clean house, start over, it's a new regime, you know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, you know, it, it's going to cost them his career. You know, you know what the rules are. You know what you can and can't do. And you continue to do something that's not going to allow you to pursue what your, what, what your natural is, what your natural skill set is best at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's unfortunate in that regard, but, you know, hey, the NFL is going to move on. He'll be replaced. Boy, no true words ever been said. What about you, B? You know, it's just a shame to see these young guys that has a great opportunity to play and they have the privilege to play mm-hmm. and play professional sports and make a lot of money. And then you just throw it away by making these decisions, these these same mistakes over and over again. Now, granted, sometimes if you fail a drug test here and there and you're young, you know, it's a mistake, you get a second chance. But to you to, to keep doing this over and over again, like Ken, I hate to say it, I'm with Ken, like, at this point, just if he keep making any mistakes, he don't need to be playing in the NFL. He just he just needs to just find another career path. Obviously, you can't whatever you're trying to let, stop doing, you can't let it go. So just ah, I hate I hate to say that, but it's just true. He just need he need to just let it let it go, man. Just you know, ah, I hate to say that, but it's just these young guys, man. They just got to learn. He's gonna have to learn the hard way. He's gonna have to learn that you just cannot. Do whatever you want to do just because you're making a lot of this money. This is a privilege, man. Playing the NFL, playing the MLB, playing the NBA, all that. That's a privilege. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have to really own up and be a, a responsible young man and, and live and own up to your mistakes. And if you keep making the same mistakes all over again, then obviously you don't deserve to be to have that privilege. Why don't the NBA has the, have have this problem? You know, the the NFL does, the the major major league baseball does, like. What do you mean as far as weed? Just we don't see a lot of. I to be honest, Ken, I don't, and I could be wrong. I I'll, I could look it up. I don't think the NBA tests for weed. I don't. What do the they? NBA? Test for? They do. I, they do. Okay, I know Everybody at one point does. in time they didn't. But he, but you know what, Ken? What's interesting is is that like you guys know, I played college football. A couple of my teammates played in NFLs. I know a couple of guys in the NFL. What I've always been told about NFL drug testing is that you know when the tests are coming, for the most part. Other than rookies just coming into camp, you know when the tests are coming. So all you have to do is just lay off of it until that. Now, he was in the program. So his tests are more strict and they're they're more frequent. So it's not a situation where, you know, you get tested, like regular players might get tested twice, once during the offseason, once during the season. But it's so rant, and and you may that that during the season test may or may not happen. It just depends. Um, but it's it's not something that I mean, like they're testing more so for PEDs than they are for weed. But like from what I always understood from my my former teammates and friends is that like you know when the tests are coming. So my thing is, if you know when the tests are coming, I don't understand why you can't just lay off of it until you know get it out your system, whatever, whatever, and then go back to it. There's plenty of players that smoke weed during the season. Plenty. There's plenty of players that smoke weed during the season, during baseball season, during football season, during basketball season. That's a given. How many times have we heard about these players getting pulled over for a traffic violation or whatever and weed in the car? That, that it, it wasn't by chance or by happenstance. They're smoking weed. I mean, so, and I just don't, for a guy like Josh Gordon, that, I mean, and for those of you listening, if you're not, if you maybe you've never seen Josh Gordon before, 
Josh Gordon, by far, and I think all of us agree on this, when healthy is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. That's saying a lot. A top five, and a couple of guys mentioned T.O. He is very reminiscent of T.O. So when you have that kind of talent and ability, you need to be, or at least you would think you would want to be on someone's football field making money, playing the game that you love to play. But, you know, if you got a $2 million contract and you can't stay clean for $2 million, I don't know what you're going to stay clean for when you don't have the money. Because, you know, I don't know. There's not a lot of jobs that's going to pay you $2 million a year. There's just not. At least not many that I know of. Nope. Without a college degree. I guess he'll be writing more articles for the Players Tribune. And, you know, and I read that article in the Players Tribune, and he seemed to blame everybody. And we know people like this. You know, you blame everybody but yourself. You know, at some point in time, you got to look in the mirror and say, you know what, man, I effed up. It was my, my mistake, my bad. You know, because it's your piss. You know, anybody else pissing for you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sad, man. I mean, talented guy, but, you know, seems like every, everybody wants it for him but him. So that's a strong addiction, man. I've, I've mentioned before, like, I've, I, don't, I don't pass any judgment on people that smoke weed. I, I have a lot of friends that smoke weed. I've known people. I've never smoked weed before. I don't want <laughs> to smoke something that'll take me away from $2 million. I'm sorry. That's just me. But... You know, it it is what it is. Um, another football story we want to get into uh, more on a somber note. Uh, we got word uh, this past Sunday that uh, former New Orleans defensive lineman Will Smith, not to be confused with the actor Will Smith, but Will Smith, a pro bowler, uh, Super Bowl champion for the New Orleans Saints, was uh, tragically murdered in uh, his adopted home city of New Orleans. Um Here's what we know. Uh, Will Smith got into a fender bender with a gentleman uh, by the name of Cardell Hayes. Uh, as we know, some words were ensued. Uh, Cardell Hayes brandished a gun, shot several times into Will Smith's vehicle, hitting him, I think four times, hitting Will Smith's wife. Uh, she got shot twice in the leg. She's okay and is expected to survive, but Will Smith died at the scene. Um Tragic, tragic story. Uh, you know, it was billed as a classic case of road rage initially. Um, more of the details are coming out, but they're kind of sketchy. Uh, but what we do know is Will Smith is, you know, a husband. He's a father of three young kids. Uh, he went to the Ohio State University. Um, sad loss, man. It's a sad, sad loss. Uh, people have been chiming in as to why they think this type of thing happened. Um, there's a couple of backstories that, you know, you can kind of look up that, you know, maybe, I don't know, there's always conspiracy theorists in, in everything, but, um, just a real sad situation. Ken, uh, what, what, what was your thoughts on this? Uh, and, and what was your take when you heard about what happened to Will Smith? When I picked up my phone, I, I, you know, it was a notification I got <laughs> that said he was dead. I was like, oh man, that's, that's terrible, man. You know, we lost another, you know, somebody else, you know, and I, I think we're seeing that far too often. Um, I don't know the details of what happened. I just knew he was dead. I think waking up on a Sunday morning, I don't want to start my day off like that. Right. Um, so, you know, time went by and, you know, eventually, you know, I, I looked at the, so let me see how this guy died. Man. Let's see what happened. Um, I thought maybe it was a traffic accident. And found out it was road rage. Just like, oh, that's that's even more messed up. Like, right. man, this guy like lost his life because of an argument over a fender bender. 
Um, man, that's, that's, that was tragic. And, um, and, and that was kind of really the end of it for me, man. You know, it was sad. It was unfortunate. Uh, it was unfortunate that, you know, he, he died that way. Um, for me, <laughs> the, the biggest issue I have, the biggest thing I have, it, it, it hasn't, it doesn't have anything to do with, with Will Smith, but it has everything to do with Stephen A. Smith. Okay. Um, Stephen A. Smith decided to take this man's death and use it as a means to address black on black crime. And and I was literally appalled by that because it just seemed like I don't know what agenda this guy's pushing. I don't know what he's up to. But to me it wasn't related. The only thing I saw, and I know there are more details coming out. Mm-hmm. I get all that, like you said, conspiracy theories, et cetera, et cetera. But at the time with the information we had, right. they were not related other than the fact the guy was black. Let me tell you something. If this thing is built as road rage, that guy could have been any race. And mm-hmm. if he would have gotten into it or they would have gotten into it, it sounds like this guy would have let loose a couple. He shot at everybody, you know, and hit his wife. Um, and, 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 you know, it's like, come on, Stephen A., can you just acknowledge that it was a sad event? Right. That it was an unforeseen set of circumstances that led to a guy dying, his wife shot, he has no kid. Don't launch into this, this, this false narrative where you have a whole bunch of people listening to you that's going to take that and run with it. First of all, Stephen is smart enough to know and has people, I would imagine, around him that are able to educate him on, on this whole matter. Mm-hmm. But I just felt that at the time, it didn't need to be said. Skip Bayless, of all people. <laughs> of all people. And, and Q said this on Off the Bench. He said Skip Bayless is more objective than Stephen A. Smith around everything other than his teams. The Spurs, Brady, and the Cowboys. Right. He's a fanboy. Skip, oh look, and I, I tweeted Stephen A. I'm like, don't do this, man. Don't do this. This is not the platform. This is not the time. And he did it. And Stephen and Skip Bayless was like, well, couldn't this just have been road rage? And and and, and it's like. Yes, absolutely. Because Steve Lake, why couldn't this have just been a case of road rage and not more than that? Not anything to do with race? And, and it's like, and, and, and for Skip to sit there and say that, it's like, come on, Steve, that you got to be better than that, dog. Like, don't try to use this as a, as a means to preach whatever it is that you got to preach. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, I need Ray Lewis. I need all of them oh, to stick the fuck out <laughs> somewhere and stop talking so damn much and and as viewing this this rhetoric all over the place. And y'all can tell Ray Lewis I said that. You know he's a Christian. He ain't gonna, he ain't he ain't gonna do anything. Well, I don't know. They <laughs> they, they they have killed for God before, but um so he may and repent later. Either way, I'm just saying. I just thought that Stephen A. taking this man's unfortunate death and using it as a means to push whatever agenda, as as he want to speak to black folks and say that we know we need to get our shit. To, come on, bro, 
now was not the time. Don't don't do that. And and I just thought that that was irresponsible of him to to use that man's uh, death like that, which was just um, right now at the time it just seemed like you know it was just unfortunate that something that happened. Now I know about the lawsuit. I heard about you know the cops killing his dad and apparently Will Smith had a relation to him and you know this that and the other. Um, you know the guy apparently got a settlement. There's stuff to be to be said about that. Right. But it's not like you know this guy. Well, I don't know, man. I'm just gonna leave it at that, man. Um, before I say anything too much crazy, I just thought <laughs> that that was just ridiculous of Stephen A. Smith to go there. I thought it was unnecessary. I thought this, you know, if anything, it has. If anything, it's not black or black crime. It's more about how about gun control. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. How about something that that's actually could physically apply outside of the fact that you had one black guy kill a black guy in a road rage incident. How about we talk about gun control? Right. And I think that's where he missed the mark at. He picked the wrong cause to to try to fight on national television. He, that dude, man, got problems. And he, he needs to chill. But anyway, it, you know, it's just... It, it's sad, man. This guy's gone, man. It, you know, and, and, you know, his family, you know, is, is sit there and, and his wife is hurt, shot. Mm-hmm. She has to deal with this. The city of New Orleans, you know, they're they're sad, and you know, for for it to happen the way it did, it's just tragic, man. You know, I don't know. What's your take? No, 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 you could, you could, Ken. Uh, what's what's your take on it, B? Yes, unfortunate. You know, like Ken said, it's always bad to see another brother lose his life over you know a senseless act of a roll rage because you know it's stuff like that kind of hits home because you know it can happen to one, either one of us you know mm-hmm. some dude can have a roll rage and he'd be ready to kill us just off of a off of a fender bender or, or whatever you know what I'm saying it, it's, it, it's it's senseless act you know what I'm saying that you that someone has to lose a life over something that's a material you know what I'm saying you can always replace the cars you can get that mm-hmm. repaired you can get whatever all that stuff but life Ain't no coming back from death. You know what I'm saying? So to see, you know, a young brother, and he, like I said, he was young. You know what I'm saying? To get to get his life stolen over a senseless act like that, you know, it's 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 a shame. It's really a shame, and, and it's and it's sad. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, when are we going to just like stop doing this stuff to us, man? Like, stop it, please. You know, I hate I hate to see this happen to us young brothers, man. Like, and I, I completely agree. With Ken, I was waiting for Ken. I was hoping Ken was just about to just go straight, <laughs> straight hamburger ham on this. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm sick of it, man. It's just, it's just, it's sickening to see stuff like that, and a young guy to lose his life over like this, and then you know, family members, you know, it's, uh, I, I just hate it, man. Just over something that petty, like, mm-hmm. I think that's what frustrates you more than anything is that it's over something that's so petty. It's like, dude. This could have really been solved over. Oh man, you know, you know, everything okay? Cool, cool, bet. All right. Right, right. But for this to end like that, man, it's 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 crazy. I hate it. I hate I hate that it, that it happened to him or any other, you know, black man in in or not even just black man. Just yeah, right, yeah, right. Being it's, it, it's not worth someone to just lose a life like that over over material acts, something like that. You know what I'm saying? So. God, right. This this is better. Yeah. This this is not about. You know, race like like yeah, I said, it's not. It's not. You know, it could have been anybody, dog. Like this, this guy could have killed anybody. 
anybody involved because he was that upset about whatever was going on in his in his life that he couldn't control himself at that moment. Right. And it, regardless of it, it could have been a, a, a woman, it could have been Asian, Latin, Cuban, whatever. It didn't matter. If that guy was pissed off after he hit them, I I feel that he would have let loose regardless. Because he just seemed like he was just that kind of guy, you know, and, um, you know, that couldn't control himself, man. And, and like you'd be like, it could happen to any of us, you know, if we get in, in an accident. And, and, you know, I have a little bit of an anger problem myself. And if somebody hit me, I'd get upset. But you know what? I think sometimes, like, you know what? This he might be a little bit crazier than I am. Right, right, you know right. right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, or I don't want to get into, you know, a, a senseless, you know, firefighting in the middle of the street over something silly. Especially, like, if you got your kids with you too, man. Right. You know, now you're putting your kids and your wife's life in danger and stuff. This is not worth it, man. This is nah, not it. it's not, man. Um, but, you know, who knows how it all went down? Who knows how they even got into uh, the point where they were exchanging words? Um, but either way it go, uh, you know, the, the guy's gone. Like, NFL football player is gone. You know, that city has to deal with that. And guys that play with them has to deal with that, and the fraternity has to deal with that as well. Mm -hmm. They just lost one of their own over something that seems senseless. Yeah. What about you, FIFO? Oh man, it's you know it's tough to follow what Ken and B said. Like, well, what else am I supposed to ask? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it is extremely sad, and and that's the reason why we have insurance and we have these things in place to handle those situations accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Humanely, we don't have to you know, go over the top. Um, you know, I, as much flack as Ken gets for for race opinions at times, he be spot on with a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Ken, Ken, Ken is spot on, and I want to go back in that direction uh, because I didn't know what Stephen A. and Skip, you know, I didn't know that they addressed this and what Stephen A.'s comments were, but to hear what, what Ken's opinions are, I think that's way more correct, man. Everything is not a race issue. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to talk about a topic in relation to this type of incident, you have to spin it in the right way. So it, it makes you really think that why is he always going to the race car now? You know what I'm saying? Like It, it really makes you raise that question. Um, but I'm not going to spend too much longer on this, man. I, I ain't got nothing else to add to. Uh, great job, Ken. Great job. Yeah, I, I, I echo your sentiments. I, I think um, I think it was either Ken or B that sent it to us on Monday. And keep in mind that when they did this on first take, when they talked about it, uh, as I mentioned, Will Smith died late Saturday night. We got the word Sunday morning. I, I, I saw it first, I think, of all of us. And um, I tweeted it out from our Dead End Sports account. And, you know, I was just, it, it bothered me, you know, as, as I started hearing the details. Never met Will Smith before, but I always, I remember him as a player very well because, you know, my Falcons couldn't block him. I mean, like, never. He, ne he was always in the backfield, always disruptive, great player, always heard great things about him off the field. Um, I think one of the things that bothered me more than anything else was, you know, like you said, just something senseless. This is something that we're from an era where, you know, two men could have gotten out their cars, checked on their cars. Even if they had words, you know, it shouldn't have never come to that. I mean, you know, at, at the very worst, hey, let's knuckle up in the middle of the street. We can fight it out like that. But 
you know, this man returned to his car and was shot in the back. Um, you know, that's senseless. And, and I mean, it's it's he's gone. Wife left to raise three kids. And I think when we got the video again, that was that happened on Sunday, or at least we got the word on Sunday. First take is talking about it Monday. And I think Stephen A. Smith, I try to give Stephen A. Smith the benefit of the doubt. I couldn't because he went in the opposite direction. Skip was more where I was thinking, like, you know, it's just a senseless tragedy. It's not because here's the thing. If Cardell Hayes was Arab, would this, would this have been a terrorist attack? Um, if he were white, was this a racist attack? You know, and then you, you have to also speak about gun control. This man had a 40 caliber gun. You ain't, when you hit somebody with a, and I don't know if you guys know much about guns, if you, those of you listening, you shoot somebody with a 40 cal, they're just a couple of shots, they're going to bleed out, which is basically what happened. He was, by the time the paramedics got there, he was already gone. He'd gotten shot four times. So, I mean, that's sad in and of itself. So I don't. It, it wasn't about a race. It just so happened that the man who got killed and the man who did the shooting, the killer, was black. But it wasn't. That's not. That, I don't even want to get started on black on black crime because people don't even understand the depths and the realms of that. That's a misnomer. The the term is a misnomer in and of itself. Um, but I'm gonna try to keep it on sports. Here's the thing. We have to make sure that. As sports figures, and, and I, I'm always a little peculiar about how sports figures, how they should speak out on social issues. I think sports figures should speak out on social issues. But I think you also have to, in a situation like this, where Stephen A., where the details, we still don't even know all of the details. He could have kept it in the middle, just like Skip did, and kept race out, because I don't think race had nothing to do with it. I don't think race had it. It just, it just so happened that the two people who were involved were black. If the two people involved were white, we wouldn't have said, it would have been white on white crime. It would have just been somebody got tragically murdered. And see, what happens is when you throw when when you spin it the way that Stephen A. Smith does, and you have a an audience the way that he has, it speaks to the narrative of you know people don't know what they're doing, so forth and so on. And it's it it takes away from the actual story. The story is the tragedy of the fact that here's a man that we happen to know. Uh, through the, his, you know, his play in the NFL, who lost his life. We hear these stories every day, and you know what the sad part about all of this is? We become so desensitized to all of this stuff. You can, it, it'll be eleven o'clock pretty soon. You can turn on your evening news. I don't care what city you're watching us in, and I guarantee you, the lead story on your evening news will be about somebody that got killed in your town, and that should bother you. And if it doesn't bother you, then you'll just look at it like, oh, Will Smith, rest in peace. You'll tweet that, rest in peace, and that's it. And you know, you'll keep moving until the next person gets hurt or the next person gets killed. But you have to look at these issues and the issues around the issues. Because crime, there's an issue around crime. There's an issue around the crime that is in certain... You, you, FIFO's from Chicago. He can tell you about the South Side. Why, why is the South Side of Chicago like Iraq? Why are people dropping like flies there? It's more than just black on black crime. It is a societal issue. There are issues surrounding that that compound the problem. But if you never address the issues, then you can't address the problem. So, you know, rest in peace to Will Smith, man. I, I, I'm, I'm about to get political, and this ain't a political show. <laughs> but, but um, um, yeah, rest in peace to him, man. Hopefully, we'll get some answers. 
prayers to his family, his friends, his teammates. Um, I know Sean Payton, his former head coach from Saints, pretty shook up. Same for Drew Brees. Um, you know, and, and prayers to the NFL because, you know, like Ken said, they lost another one of their own. So um, senseless. I mean, just senseless. Um, got a couple more topics before we get out of here. Uh, going back to basketball, uh, Russell Westbrook last night. I mentioned at the at the beginning, Russell Westbrook, you know, his – He's had an MVP-type season. Um, Russell Westbrook did something that I've never heard of being done before. Um, got a triple-double last night in the first half. Um, my man Kent here has been very critical of Russell Westbrook and his triple-doubles. That was uh, last year. <laughs> oh, okay. It was last year. Okay, okay. So, so Ken, man, give us your take on Russell Westbrook's season, man. I mean, it, it's been incredible. Uh, the best part about the triple doubles this year is they come in a winning effort. Um, that was the biggest thing last year. Everybody was going Google Gaga, and the man turned around and ended up losing the game. Um, statistically, it looked great. Um, it, you know, Skip said something that I thought was really interesting about how getting to 10 points is easy. So, you know, all you have to do is fill the stat sheet and the rest. I was like, you know, that's kind of interesting because uh, a lot of Draymond's were 10 points and 11 points. Oh, there you go. But, uh, there you go. <laughs> you see, that's what it is. Ken has a problem with tri- Ken has a problem with triple doubles because he, he he didn't like Westbrook getting his triple doubles last year, and this year he's been on Draymond about his triple doubles. I I I think what Westbrook is doing 18, 18 is crazy, man. And, yeah, it is. And, and now people are talking about him. You know, I don't know. You know, if, if many people are saying it when you know he only had ten or eleven, but I, I think it's phenomenal, man. And and uh, a shout-out to Cheryl for sending us this question, too, via Twitter. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think what they're doing now, and, and I think it shows the potential of what or the threat that OKC can pose in the playoffs with a guy that's able to go out and affect the box score at, on multiple levels, like Russell Westbrook. Um, but I think what he adds to that, um, because Draymond Green can do the same as well. But what Westbrook is able to add to that, whereas Draymond Green is really not his primary responsibility, is scoring. Because he can assist, he can rebound, you know, he'll get a couple of steals here and there, but he'll also put up about 20, 25, maybe 30. You know, and and that makes a bit of a difference because not only is he putting up, you know, 20-plus points, he's contributing, he's helping his other teammates. Uh, he's getting, He's generating offense for everybody else as well. Right. You know, and uh, or he's getting second chance uh, opportunities for his team, or defensive rebounds that lead to to opportunities for his team. Uh, but 18, man, to be up there with Magic Johnson, or to tie it, it, I think that's a record I would like to see broken too. You know, we're talking about the Warriors, you know, going for 73, which is which is incredible. But for Russell Westbrook to get 19 triple doubles, and he he tends to do this late in the late in the season, doesn't he? He just kind of turns it yeah, off. Yeah, he does. You know, and, and he's, he's he's turned it up a notch, man. And KD is back, too. So he's doing this with KD, uh, whereas last year he was really a one-man wrecking crew um, where he was putting up the numbers. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to, to many uh, Ws and eight of them. But, um, but now, nah, man, I think this year it, it seems like it's a little bit more impactful um, than it was last year, man. And 18 is is – that, that that's that's something. So hopefully he'll he'll get nineteen. 
Hopefully he'll, he'll break the record and set the record. And I think, you know, he deserves it. Better than Dray, more than Draymond. <laughs> what about you, FIFO, man? What's your take on Westbrook and the kind of season he's had this year? Uh, he he would be the MVP if, if Steph got hurt or, you know what I'm saying, they, they, they wasn't really getting his record because the season he's having, man, like like Ken said, I want to see that um, triple-double record broken because that's one of those I never thought would happen again. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then the crazy part is, is how quick Russ can get them. I just think that that shows the level of energy and the type of player he is, how relentless he is, man, because that dude right there, you know, obviously you take some plays off as a basketball player. You're right. only human. It's natural. But this guy is just a ball of energy, man. And I don't think that we're going to see another player built or equipped to get the type of triple-doubles he gets. Because, like like uh, Ken alluded to earlier, you know, Draymond sometimes gets a couple skinny triple doubles. Jason Kidd got a lot of skinny triple doubles, but okay, FIFO, FIFO. What, what do you mean by skinny triple doubles? Just 10, for those 10 and 10. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, Russ gets you 25, 18, 11, and three blocks and four steals. Like gotcha. you know, he is filling up the stat sheet, and we're talking from a point guard. From a po- and, and, and and you know Magic has some advantages, obviously. You know, 6'9", he could see over everybody. The man had eyes behind his neck and his head. You know what I'm saying? He, got, he had like six eyes back there on the side. <laughs> the man had 360 vision. But what Russ, you know, what his superhuman ability is, is just relentlessness and, and su- supreme athleticism, man. He is by far the best athlete in the NBA, and he lets you know it. Every night he steps on the court, he uses it, man. And I, I, I just I don't think we'll ever see somebody get the triple doubles that he's been able to get. Because Rondo's another one that got a lot of triple doubles this season. But he gets those skinny ones because a lot of those guys are not big-time scorers. You know what I'm saying? And Russ is. And, 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 and to expend that much energy, man, that is, that is nuts. Night in and night out. I've never seen Russ have – a game where you're like, man, like his energy is off. I've never ever questioned that in any one of his games. So just, just crazy, man. Crazy what Russ is able to do. No doubt. What about you, B? Yeah, uh, you know Russell. I think I tweeted this earlier today. Is it? It's gonna be amazing seeing how how his game is gonna translate as he gets older. Once he gets, once he gets past like his physical explosive prime that we're witnessing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see in how his game. Oh, when I look at players like you know Russell Westbrook that's like, you know, very athletic, explosive, da da da, I'd be wondering like, hmm, how his game is going to be once he hit about 32, 33, 34ish. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be interesting. But yeah, I mean, him pulling off this mean triple doubles is definitely impressive. Um and then, you know, and my I was of course I was talking to my dad and he was just like, "Yeah, just think you know, we going crazy over this, and, you know, Oscar Robinson did it for a whole freaking season. They'd just be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. You know, I'm telling my dad, like, well, this is still good. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> right, like right. you know, we I saw Magic. Magic did it. That was, you know, of course, it was almost kind of like giving, like people said, because Magic is six foot nine, you know, 220. That's freaking huge for a point guard back in the 80s. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But Westbrook to be about four or five inches shorter – 
and to still do it and to dominate and not, like people said, not it being a, a skinny, barely a 10, 11, 11 type of triple double. He's doing it with like monster numbers, man. And, and you can tell. I've even noticed over the last like three or four seasons, he's even gotten better as a point guard. He's passing the rock a little more. He's not like that. She don't have that shoot first mentality point guard that he used to always have. So I'm like, okay, Westbrook. If if it's anyone that I can see that that can uh, do what Tiny Altabra did, um, only point guard ever to lead the league in assists per game and points per game. Is Russell Westbrook at this, wow. the way he's been playing now at the point guard position? I can see him definitely leading the league in assists per game. I mean, he, if anyone can do it, I think he could do it. He's capable of doing that. But yeah, I think this is phenomenal. And another point with people say, I think if, if Stephen Curry wasn't Stephen Curry this season, we would definitely be talking about him as the front runner for MVP. I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, he's he's been incredible, man. I, we saw. Last year, even though Ken was, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to diminish it, uh, we saw last year what he could do when, when KD went out. And I think, you know, that was just a building block. And, and I, I found it interesting that uh, someone asked Kobe about Westbrook. And Kobe said that, you know, he has the same, you know, basically like uh, he ba- Kobe basically compared Westbrook to a young Kobe Bryant, um, which I thought was a hell of a compliment. Um as far as his tenacity and how he approaches the game and, and, you know, the fearlessness and the fact that, you know, Westbrook is going, Westbrook is going to give you what he's got every single night, no matter what. And he never tires. And much like you be, I'm, I'm very interested to see how he's going to be a few years from now. Once he, you know, he's on the downside of his peak um, where it's not where he doesn't necessarily have to rely on his athleticism, but he doesn't necessarily have to rely on his athleticism because he's just that freaking athletic. Um, and as I watch Westbrook, I can't, and I know they're different players, but I can't help but wonder, and maybe you guys tell me if you, you ever do this at all, um, can't help but wonder about D. Rose. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, before LeBron took off, you know, D. Rose was supposed to be that guy. And now, you know, the Bulls don't even make the playoffs, which is crazy to me because you fired a damn good coach, in my opinion. For a guy who you know, oh, it's played. been some stupid firing coaches, and and look what uh, Kevin McHale, Kevin McHale, Monty yeah. Williams, Monty Williams. Look, look oh, at the Pelicans now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been well, some the Pelicans. I think the I think the Pelicans wanted to try to ride the wave of Alvin Gentry, thinking that you know what he did at, uh, in Golden State that you know it was going to translate. You're not well, supposed to fire Monty Williams. The way those players re, re, yeah. responded to him, and the way right. yeah, yeah, they lost to the eventual champions and go to state warriors, but they got that experience. Get them, B. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was just like, come on, like why would you fire him after you see the way the players react to him? It's like, I mean, I, you know, going into this season, if they did, if they wouldn't have fired Monty Williams, I'd have been like, Pelicans might be a second round team just based mm-hmm. on what they did last year. They 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 beat San Antonio Spurs to get in. They had that momentum. You just crashed up against the, the the great Golden State Warriors last year and lost. But I, I just saw something good from that. And then for them to fight, turn around and fire Monty Williams, I thought that was stupid. And then you see what's happening with Kevin McHale. You fire him. Look what Houston. They was in the Western Conference Finals last year. They did might Houston not make, make the playoffs this year. Did they make the playoffs? Or, or? No, tomorrow's going to be a deciding factor. Oh, I think, oh, oh, I think they need serious? Utah to lose. They need Utah to lose, and they, and they need to win. Wow. It was all good just a week ago. Yep. Grand opening, grand closing. Damn. 
Wow, that's crazy, man. When you think about it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just I, I I couldn't help but watch Westbrook, and I, I thought about D Rose, man. And I don't know, you know, with those injuries and everything like that, I don't know if we'll ever see that D Rose that we thought we were we were gonna have, and you know, his MVP season. I don't know if we'll ever get that guy back. I mean, he's he's played well. He's you know, he finished the season, but you know that team they're kind of they got a lot of stuff up in the air there there's rumors about maybe possibly getting rid of uh Jimmy Butler or trading Jimmy Butler I should say um and you know in a couple of years to be honest D Rose is going to re up or he wants to re up for big money and I don't know if he's a big he's money guy I don't know if he's a big money guy no we shall see um oh yeah boxing before we get out of here boxing uh, big fight this past weekend, uh, Timothy Bradley lost to Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao says he's done. B, do you believe him? Yeah, I think he's done. Um, there's really no one else for him to fight to where he can get big money except for Mayweather. And that fight, that, um, <laughs> yeah, that fight's not happening. That rematch is not happening. Um, so, yeah, he just needed to just go on out. And if you want to spend time with his family and run, you know, do a political run for his um, home country, you know, go ahead and do it. He had a he had a very you know really good career. Um, I've always rooted for Pacquiao, except for when he fought Mayweather. I mean, you know, I always thought Manny Pacquiao was was a good fighter. He just never really make. He was never a. He always come at you one way, and that was forward. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He was, yeah. Not put them hands on you, knock you out. So you know, it's very fearless, very fearless. So I definitely give him that. But yeah, other than that, yeah, Pacquiao's gonna go down as is one of the great you know the great boxers to to lace him up and, and, and fight, but yeah, he needs to hang it up. I mean, it's really nothing, same way with Mayweather, there's really nothing else for him to prove. It's like you're going to be like a Hall of Fame boxer, you know, easily, so you know, he had a good career, had a great career. So, that's all I got to say. And Bradley, Bradley is so he's so whack to me. I always thought Bradley, <laughs> one thing Bradley got is a freaking hard head. He can take some punches. He can take some punches, I give him that. Hey, I was surprised he heart like, when you when you he take his ass when you he got in the Holyfield heart. I do give him that. Yeah. But he's 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 always been kind of whack to me. Like I always thought he was a bit overrated. That's why I was surprised you watched the fight because I know you don't particularly care for Bradley. Oh, I didn't pay for it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't blame that. No, that wasn't a fight you paid for. Um, I guess it's almost time for us to get out of here. Uh, the Masters. Oh, oh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> that that twelve hole, man. That I almost forgot hole. about it. Jordan that Speed, hole. man. That twelve hole. Okay, for those of you watching and those of you listening, and I'm pretty sure most of you watching and listening may not be golf fans. So let me just break it down for you. Jordan Speed, uh, the guy who won the Masters last year, he's the he he is. You know, some have billed him as the next Tiger Woods, which I think is you know, it's a little stretch, but nonetheless, I mean, he was going for the Grand Slam, so. He was about to do what Serena Williams was trying to do um, as far as winning a major. Um, so he's going into Sunday. It's the final, you know, final round. Uh, he go, he, he's going into the 12th hole with a five-shot lead. I guess the best way that I can describe this, because I play golf, B plays, I guess the best way I can describe this to you is almost the equivalent. Think about the Golden State Warriors going into halftime of game seven of the finals and being up by 45 points at halftime. 
and I lose. Say, no, I already say forty five. Picture picture when the Blazers was up on the Lakers that year in two thousand. Nah, but but you you got a five stroke lead on the twelfth hole and you lose. That's like you up by. I mean, like by forty five, though. That's, that's but, but B. I mean, but now we're now we're not talking about scratch golfers like me and you. We're talking about. Yeah. This is the prof- This is the best okay. of the best. I see. I see. I got you. So, I got you. I got so you. you're you're the Golden State Warriors, and you're you. up in Game Seven by 45 points, yep. and I got you. you lose That's the true. game. Because at that That's, point, at that point, you only got like what five holes left. That's you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he. I see what you're saying. He had a double bogey on tw- on the 12 hole. On the 12 hole, like, because he he water heated in the water twice. Oh my gosh, man! And when that first shot that went in the water, for those of you watch look, watching listening. I mean, he hit a shot, and I mean, it went straight in the water. And so he had this look on his face, like, you know what? I'm gonna do it this time. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play around with him this time. And he steps back up to the tee, and you could kind of tell, like his his like he wasn't there. Golf is more mental than it is anything yep, else. Sure is. And he hit that shot, and it went right in the water. And I said, damn. And I tweeted, I said, damn, he's out here looking like me. That's <laughs> like I've I've made that I've put it in the water plenty of times. Um, but. He choked, man. I, now the the broadcasters and you know ESPN, they didn't want to use the word, but I'm gonna call it like it is. If if Golden State was up by 45 at halftime of Game Seven and they lost, you choked. choked. So that's a choke. So I guess the question is, B, I'll throw it to you, man. Uh, can he bounce back from this? Yeah, he can. Bounce back. Uh, real quick, what word were they using outside of choke? Meltdown. Meltdown. That's the word that I kept hearing. Uh, uh, he, he faltered. Uh, right. I mean, but but again, you got to remember the Masters is the Super Bowl. So imagine Tom Brady being it's the up Grand by, Slam. Yeah, it's the Grand imagine Tom Brady being up by thirty points at halftime, Maybe. and he throws you know five pick sixes in the in the second half. I mean, it was just that bad, and it's like, you know, I guess one of the biggest things the the the, the thing big, one of the biggest things about golf is that you know, there's nobody to blame. You know, nope. <laughs> nobody to blame. But you know, if if, blame, but if LeBron has a bad game, you know, you can say, okay, LeBron had bad. If LeBron plays great, and J.R. Smith plays several. LeBron can say, well, hey, J.R. Smith was bad. Golf, you got, no, and and not only is there nobody to blame, but there's nowhere to hide. Like, Golf, you're out there in front. This is like everybody. that too. Yeah, t- yeah, these like individual sports, man. You're out there, man. So it's it's when you go lemon booty. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. So, you, do you think he can bounce back from that? Yeah, he can bounce back. I mean, if you if you really want to be considered, you know, one of the great golfers of to present and past, usually, you know, they always they have a bad weekend. They all, you know, a bad grants, a, a, a bad major. They always bounce back, man. Most, you know, if you're a great one, you're supposed to bounce back. You, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be let off into the shadows. Because I think. If I'm not mistaken, I thought Rory he had a bad out in one tournament, and then he came yeah, he right did. back. Yeah, uh, uh, was like two, exactly three years ago. Yeah, but then he came right back and he did good and he won it. So yeah, I think if he's supposed to be this next great, I think he can be can definitely bounce back from this. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too with that, and and we'll move on to the parting shot. Um, one thing I think is interesting is that uh, in golf, particularly at the Masters. You because Spieth won the tournament last year, he had to present the trophy and the go and the green jacket to the guy that he just lost to. Yep. So yep. he's sitting there like you know, and you got to sit there and listen to this guy give his acceptance. Like I mean, that's that's the equivalent of you know the Panthers losing 
the Super Bowl and you got to actually stay on the field while uh, the Broncos celebrate. I I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Yeah, you know, I, well, he tried to blame his caddy for one, Kyle. <laughs> you and, can't um, blame the caddy. <laughs> I think to his credit, he did battle back. He did. He did. And so yeah, so he, he did, did battle back. So I think that should be evident enough that you know he, he should be able to bounce back. I think the best thing about this whole thing that came out of the whole tournament was that Jordan golf meme of that 12. Oh. Y'all can't tell me. I know y'all hate on that, but y'all got to give it up. That one was good. You know what, Ken? Somebody, I didn't I didn't text it, y'all. Somebody sent it to me, and I actually laughed. I, I'm not a fan of the Jordan cry face. But uh, I actually laughed at that. Was, that was pretty. That was pretty. That, good. that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good Nobody one. Nobody <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was a good one. Uh, all right, y'all. It's about time for us to get out of here. Time for the parting shots. We're gonna start with my man FIFO before he falls asleep. FIFO, what you got? Um, you know, I feel like Popovich should have went all out and had that mental edge against Golden State at home. Go for the record. Set one for yourself. Um, and I don't know, man. I think it could come back and, and, and bite them a little bit because I don't know what other type of edge they have. Having that mental edge, me as a player, as a coach, I would have wanted that. My part of shot. All right. All right. What about you, B? Uh, nothing really Crazy, just happy that you know I'm looking forward to seeing my Pistons uh, play in the playoffs. First playoff appearance since 2009. Um, second year for Stan Van Gunny. I think he's doing a great job. So I hope he keeps it up and keep have us going in the right direction. Um, and I think my dad's going to one of the games. He's gonna he's okay. gonna go to, uh, playoff games or whatever. So I wish I can fly out there and 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 join them. But yeah, so yeah, Pistons playoffs first time and. Seven years, man. I'm, I'm looking forward. I, you know, it's I know. been that long. Wow. Yeah, it's been since 2009. I know we're not going to make no noise, nothing like that, but, you know, I'm just happy. This is a stepping stone, an experience for these young group of guys to get that taste, to see, it, you know, what it's like, especially playing against one of these higher seed teams, like the Cleveland or the Raptors, you know, to say, hey, look, we for us to get to this level, we got to do this, X, Y, and Z. So for them to play against a team, know how it is in the four games, you know, seven game series. You know, I think this is going to be really interesting. I think Reggie Jackson's the only one that really got that playoff experience. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got it, man. I'm glad. And I hope KCP ends up on one of the all-defensive teams because KCP has really stepped up as the on-ball defense um, the past two years. So I hope he, hopefully he gets on that all-defensive squad. Cam, what about you? LeBron James is locked in, loaded, and ready to go. Um, eight and two in the last ten games that he's played in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's he's playing at a level that that's 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 out there right now. Um, but Miami, <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, yo, Miami, Miami is seems like I I've been watching Miami. They look like they're just in in sync, man, and they got it all together. Like their bench, you can bring in a guy like Winslow to come in and get some stops. And Josh Richardson, this kid, at, at yeah, first I thought well. it was just, yeah, I thought it was, oh, he, he had a hot streak. Nah, this, this kid seemed like he for real, man. 
Um, I'm hoping so, for Miami and Cleveland Eastern Conference Finals. I hope. Oh, that, oh I hope Kim, Miami, Kim would be torn. He would be I so hope torn. Miami, I'm, not, I'm not torn. <laughs> yeah, I hope Miami is not a stay a fifth or a fourth seed because that means they're gonna probably see Cleveland in the second round. But I hope they get that three seed, man, and just and so you know they'll probably play a tough uh, Toronto. I think, we, I think we got three seed. Huh? Hawks. I think the Hawks have the three Hawks got three seed. Right. Yeah. Even after tomorrow, even games after games tomorrow. Uh, I think so. I think it's locked. I'll yeah. double check. I mean, we probably gonna get a Cleveland and Miami second round. I I, I really want to see that in, this, in the Eastern Conference Finals. To be honest with you, just because of the storyline, just because the you know the storyline of the NBA going Dwayne Wade against LeBron. Like, oh yeah, I can I can definitely see. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't won since he left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I kind of want to see that, man. I want to see that at the <clears throat> Conference Finals, man. That's gonna be. Oh, Kim would be so torn. Uh, man, that Miami is on a roll, dog. Like they're they're playing at another le- level. The addition of Joe Johnson was was a fa- uh, great sign. He's revitalized. Blah 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 blah. But the Golden State Warriors. If y'all go out here tomorrow, can stop jinxing them? Hang up, hang it up, Ken. Don't put it out into the world, Ken. I got so much shade. I got so much shade going. I'm not gonna let you guys live it down. Y'all better oh, not go and lose. And it, and it, there'll be a special show, a special dead end sports show tomorrow night at at 2 a.m. <laughs> Can't be doing his own show. <laughs> oh, oh, crying memes everywhere. Oh my gosh. Um. I got two quick parting shots, man. Uh, this is basketball season, obviously coming to an end. Uh, fans, you know, of, there are a lot of basketball fans who have teams that will be playing. Uh, some of fans probably teams won't be playing. Uh, let's can we put aside the word hate? I, I keep seeing that like people say, "Oh, are you hating on my team?" And oh, it's, I, I just don't like your team. I, there's there's nothing that I don't hate. I don't hate anything. I just don't like your team. So if I don't like your team or if I don't like you or I don't like your shirt, I just don't like it. I don't. That's not hate. There's a difference between like and hate. There's a far difference between like and hate. So just because somebody doesn't like your team doesn't mean that they hate them. Got it? Got it. Um, second is LeBron. Uh, Ken just mentioned LeBron is on a hot streak. LeBron is also apparently in some woman's DMs. Uh, we always, we, we've heard that it goes down in the DM. Was that for real? Uh, apparently, B, it was for real. Some chick decided to screenshot LeBron saying, hey, what's up, in her DM. Now, oh, God. I, let me just go ahead and put this out there because much like, much like LeBron, he's a married guy just like me and Ken. You know, I mean, he could have just been saying, hey, what's up with the cooking recipe? He could have been saying, hey, what's up with the, you know, with the after part? I don't know what he would say. He just said, hey, what's up? Um, that's not a story. I'm surprised that people are making it a story. Now, if he had said, hey, what's up for the night, or hey, what that mouth do, that'd have been different. But he didn't, so y'all cut LeBron some slack, man. That's not a story. Let's let's keep this tabloid stuff out of sports, man. That's all. It I is got. a story, Cal. It ain't no story, man. He just, he said, Hey, what's up? Hey. It didn't help the fact that she didn't have any clothes on in her picture. Now, if she had on a suit, would we have said anything? No. So, you know, it is what it is. But get focused, LeBron. Get off Twitter. I thought he said he was off social media. Mm, that's what he told y'all. Now, now I know why he went to Snapchat. Because that shit uh, deletes and goes away. Uh, 
aha. <laughs> oh, hey. catching hell at home. Man, LeBron might be on that couch. <laughs> Look, we pretty much, yeah, he, it, it's it, man. There goes, there goes his any chance that he had to get in the title this year. Yep. Can't so, sleep at home, bro. Goes down in the DM. So that's going to do it for us, man. As always, check us out on all the socials. Make sure that you hit up uh, Off the Bench. Follow them. Um, oh, before we before I forget, our boy B is is uh, doing podcast. He did a podcast uh, about his dating life, um, <laughs> which was very good, by the way. Matter of fact, you check out that if you're interested in dating B or you're interested in his personal life, check out that podcast. What's the name of the podcast, B? Good Vibes Only. Good Vibes Only. Check out the Good Vibes Only podcast. Um, I didn't drop a podcast last week on the 12 Kyle podcast. I'll have one for you this week. It's going to be about the rise and fall of the death, not death row, um, Rockefeller. Rise and fall of death, uh, Rockefeller. So make sure you check that out on the 12 Kyle podcast. Also make sure that you uh, watch and subscribe to our channel here on YouTube.com. YouTube.com backslash Dead End Sports, and make sure that you roll over to uh, Dead End Hip Hop as well because reviews are dropping damn near every day. Got a new review out, uh, the new Elzai reviews out, right? Yeah. Check that out as well. So that's going to do it for us. For Ken, for B, for FIFO who's falling asleep, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Peace.